When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome to Own the Microphone. Join me, Bridget McGowan, an award-winning international professional speaker and owner of the independent publishing company, BMAC Talks Press. I am doing something a little different with the podcast. I am bringing you a special 12-part series, and in the series... I sit down with three presentation and communication experts to tackle some of the biggest presentation questions we receive from our audiences. The experts are global communications expert, Monique Russell, Robert Honorado, who's a director of education and a professional speaker. And then there's Diana Howells, an award-winning speaker, best-selling author, and global virtual trainer. You can check out their bios at the end of each show, but for now, tune in and take notes. This is going to be a good one. Hi there, Bridget McGowan here, and welcome to today's episode of Own the Microphone. I have with me one more time, Robert Honorado. Robert, welcome. Thank you, Bridget. It's great to be here today. So we are going to talk about what do you do if you are nervous? Actually, I think the... Yeah, the exact question is, what should you do if you are nervous, either before a presentation or during a presentation? Uh, Yeah, where do you want to go with that one? um, Well, first thing I was going to say, and you can disagree or correct me if if you think I'm wrong or if you just um, think other things. Um, I think a certain amount of nervousness is fine. I'm always nervous. I'm never not nervous. So I guess the starting point is, don't think that you have to eliminate that entirely. Um, nervousness helps you be ready, helps you be prepared. It helps drive you to check all the things that you're supposed to check because you don't want something to go wrong. And I mean, to be perfectly honest, I've never not been nervous. So you spend a whole bunch of time thinking that I could eliminate that entirely. Um, is sort of like banging your head against the wall. Uh, I mean, I don't know how to not be somewhat nervous. And so I guess that's the first thing. That's fine. Um, As long as it doesn't paralyze you, that's fine and that's okay. And I want to add that I know in a previous episode, you said something about making presentations for five to six years. I've known you since 2009. So you've been making presentations for longer than five or six years. So the point in that is, you know, however long, 14, 15 years that you've been making them, I've been making professional presentations since 2001. And the point that I'm making is we still get nervous. I have more than 20 years. Robert's probably got nearly 20 years under his belt of professional speaking. And I don't care how much I 
plan and prepare and research. I am still nervous before that presentation. Like Robert said, it's not something that you're going to completely get rid of. You don't want to get rid of it. Here's why I say you don't want to get rid of the nervousness because when you start to just kind of, I don't know, just go in there and, and you're not concerned, you're not, you know, little, little, you know, weak in the knees ever so slightly. When you go in there, like that and the nerves aren't speaking to you it suggests to me that you're just kind of phoning it in mm -hmm. it, i could be wrong but it sounds like you're just gonna wing it and and pull something shoot something from the hip and your audiences deserve more than that that's that's just not fair so you want to have some level of nerves at play the thing is when anxiety comes in now anxiety is that physical manifestation of nerves so if the knees are not just weak but they're completely buckling or you know your breakfast won't stay down or you're sweating completely out of your suit that's a problem now that's one I cannot address that for you <laughs> but that's a whole other level but you do want to have that concern about wanting to do well so that you do show up and do a great job right right and I think you know it again like we both point out or we both feel if the nervousness isn't there at all are you not caring enough do you think that you can just pull a rabbit out of your hat or pull something out of nowhere. And I think why good presenters can do a good presentation is that even if it seems like they're pulling something out of nowhere, it's not, okay? They have backup, they have ideas, they have a certain flexibility, they have things they can go to and they can do it relatively easily um, so that even if something doesn't 100% work, um, they can switch gears, so to speak. Um, so, uh, yeah, again, another reason why the nervousness is pretty good. I think, you know, we've talked about it before, um, you know, but how do you reduce the nervousness? How do you, how, how do you get it so it's not overwhelming or it doesn't become anxiety? Um, you know, those things we talked about, the preparation, the going through things, the trying to anticipate what can go wrong so that you've hit A, B, C, and D. Um, and all you got to worry about is E uh, coming out of the blue. Um, you know, so all those things, I think, or I'm pretty sure, help reduce nervousness. You don't want to skip those steps. I, let's put it very succinctly. Don't skip steps in your preparation, in your getting ready don't skip any of those steps. And part of it is building your confidence. So again, you're going to be nervous before a presentation, but part of kind of assuaging those nerves is that preparation piece that you talk about. And if you're a regular listener, you've heard me say this so many times, and I'm not going to change on this stance. I want you to practice your presentation full out a minimum of three times, all the way through full out as if your audience is right there with you. It's like your dress rehearsal. You pause for the giggles, you pause for the audience engagement, you uh, you turn to the left side of the audience to make one point, the right side of the audience to make another point, you use your gestures 
that is what you do a minimum of three times all the way through. If you do not have that much time to go through the entire presentation three times, get at least the first 10 minutes down and the last 10 minutes of your presentation down. I know you've got 60 minutes you can devote to practicing and preparing for your presentation. Go through the first 10 minutes a minimum of three times, the last a minimum minimum of three times. Here's the deal. Once you know, without a doubt, the exact words you're going to say, I mean, memorize them. You know exactly what you're going to say to start that presentation, and you know exactly what you're going to say to conclude it. It does cause those nerves to go down quite a bit. I, I mean, just, I, I cannot stress that enough. And I mean, this is so sad, Robert. People tend to remember from your presentation, they remember most the first few minutes and the mm -hmm. last few minutes. That's what mm -hmm. they remember the most. So mm -hmm. nail those. <laughs> mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. But, you know, we talked about preparation as well, you know, and all of those preparing, asking questions, going through the presentation, the whole presentation two or three times, um, showing up so you get the room or you're going through the tech. Um, if you're at the point where you're doing where you are doing some larger presentations, if you're doing some keynotes, if you're in a larger room, just understanding the room. Um, are you on a stage? Are you above people? Um, the last one I did, it was on a stage and there was a platform on the stage and there um, was the podium on top of that. Um, I don't even think of this question, but I get it in the larger groups. Um, do you want a lanolier or are you going to stand at the podium? And you know why I don't think of that question, because the last thing I do, unless I absolutely have to, is stand at the podium. But what happens if you have to? What happens if that's what they have, if that's the microphone? Um, that's a different dynamic. Um, but this is why, Robert, and we talk a little bit about logistics in another episode, uh, five ways to live dangerously while being a great presenter is that episode if you want to check it out. We talk about logistics. That's why this is incredibly important beforehand to tell them, I need a lavalier mic also yep. called a lapel mic. Some people don't know what lavalier is. Tell them you want a lapel mic or some of them will offer those mics and I can't, the, the name of it is escaping me. The, the headset, uh, you often see recording artists. I'm not crazy about those. You see recording artists wear them on their heads and, and they're pretty you know discreet and sleek. Some of them will offer that. And here's why. If you're the type of person like Robert, the type of presenter that Robert is, he's not standing behind a lectern. He's not standing in in one spot to deliver an entire 60 minute presentation. I'm the same. So, and, and one time, Robert, I ended up with a handheld mic. They did not have a lavalier for whatever reason. I don't remember, or maybe it didn't work. I don't know. And I was stymied because I couldn't gesture with both of my hands. And I, <laughs> I distinctly noticed an energy dip in my presentation, mm -hmm. be just because I wasn't able to gesture with my hands. And I tried to put the mic down and just project my voice, but I don't, it was a, it was a very large room and it, it just, yeah. it didn't work. And I'm very good at projecting, not those type of people who are like, oh, I've got a loud voice. No, no, I, I know the secrets to projecting your voice in a healthy way. 
And that just did not work. So back to my original point. In the prep call, when you confirm everything, let them know what you need. And if you're one of those people who wants to move around, you need a hands-free mic, period. However you want to call it, lavalier, lapel, headset, whatever, you need a hands-free mic. Very good. Uh, I couldn't agree with you more. Uh, well, it's so funny. Well, it, you, you know, not only am I not at the lectern, I will very often, if it's doable, unless it's a huge crowd and it's a very traditional keynote, I will probably come off of that stage. Not only, you know, will I move away from the podium, um, I will come off of that stage at some point in time. Um, <laughs> you know, so I want to know where the stairs are. I want to know <laughs> where all that stuff is. How do I get up and down and all that stuff? I won't be falling off at the end or whatnot. Oh but my gosh. So, um, so, it, that right, all yeah. lowers. it all helps reduce nervousness, I think. Have you ever fallen? I mean, speaking of nervousness, <laughs> I mean, have no. you ever or, or tripped over anything or no? Okay, okay. Good. I'm sure I'm, I tripped. Well, that's what I was getting um, ready to say. I'm sure I've probably tripped over something or I've never fallen, surprisingly. I'm very clumsy. I don't know if you knew that about me. Very clumsy. Uh, but I've not fallen. But yes, I've tripped over like a wire, right? A cord running yeah. or what have you. But you just kind of keep going. Right? You act like it didn't even happen because some people don't even notice. Hey, and speaking of which, when it comes to nervousness, don't tell anyone that you are nervous. Or if there is some kind of a, a hiccup or misstep, don't call attention to it. Because I promise you, especially if you're in a large audience or you're working with a large audience, there will be people who don't see or hear or notice the misstep. So, right. you know, don't, don't, don't start sweating and getting all worked up and flustered over that misstep. Your video didn't play properly. Okay. Well, you know, forget the video if you can't figure it out and move on. You tell a joke and it flops. Well, that's a whole other conversation. Don't try to explain the joke. Just keep going. Like don't exacerbate matters exactly. by harping like on something don't when the video doesn't work don't don't focus on it and say oh i really wish this worked this was the best video i've ever used in a presentation because now was, well, what were you going to show us what was so great what am i missing what am i missing right. out in why can't you can, can we stop and wait and can you fix this right for us now Right. All of their attention is focused on this Academy Award winning video clip that you now can't show because now you're you're carrying on about how great it was and how disappointed you are that you can't show it to them. So now they feel like it's it's FOMO. They've got this fear of missing out. And yeah. so now the attention that was placed on your topic and your presentation, now it's all on this video that they're not going to get to see. So if you do find yourself in a position where your video doesn't play, minimize it. Just yep. say, oh, well, you know, hey, here's, here's the high level breakdown of what it was. You know, it's okay that we didn't get to see it. Here's, you know, the heart of it. Always yeah. make your audience feel like they're not missing out, that they're mm -hmm. not getting shortchanged in any kind of way, even if it truly is like the best video <laughs> yeah. ever. Huh. <laughs> and here's something else you had said to just remind them and just focus on. You said, um, you know, you get up there and you say, I'm really nervous. Um, never say that. Okay. Um, 
don't start out with, uh, I'm really nervous tonight. Um, or I'm, I'm so nervous, or this is the, only the second presentation I've done and I'm really nervous. None of those things. Chances are you're better than you thought and chances are they're not seeing most of this nervousness. So don't put it out in front of them. You know exactly how nervous you are. They have no idea. And here's the thing, what if, what, what if you were in the audience and the speaker started like that? You would get, what would, think about what your reaction would be. I mean, immediately I'm going to think, oh, okay, great. This is gonna, this is gonna be a load of crap, right? Because, yeah. I mean, that's all you can think about. I mean, imagine if someone started a presentation saying, this is going to be the best use of your time ever mm-hmm. versus I'm so nervous, which, yeah. you know, people don't start presentations by saying this is going to be the best use of your time ever. But I'm just saying, I mean, depending on those first words that you say, hear, I'm really nervous here tonight or, or I'm nervous about this. They, some people occasionally do or might say that. Um, and people get annoyed. The audience gets annoyed. And then they're thinking, my goodness, I, I, I adjusted my schedule for this. I blocked off my calendar for this. I'm missing my son's soccer game for this. Yeah. I mean, you know what I mean? Like they start thinking about all of the other things they could be doing or everywhere else they could be than here listening to somebody who's nervous. Mm -hmm. And don't get me wrong. I mean, people understand that you get nervous or that you get stressed out about a presentation because you want to do well. They understand that that happens and they're not unsympathetic and they're not inhumane. It's just, I don't, I don't think it's just you and me, Robert. Like, don't, don't tell me what all the problems are. Just, just get to it. Just get her done. (laughs) Well, also for a lot of people, you're probably better than you think, or you're, mm-hmm. you're, 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 it's coming off better than you think. You're focused on nervous. You're focused on there's a hundred people out there. You're focused on something that didn't go right, or you're focused on, oh, I just forgot to make that point that nobody knows about it all. Um, and so that's what you have in your mind. Whereas they're, they're just watching you and they're waiting for some good stuff. They're not worried or focused on all that other stuff. So a lot of people, if not most people, are better than they think they are. And they're coming across better than they think they are. So um, don't, don't give away any, any, anything in there and or don't help them out. Right, right, exactly. Don't, don't, give, don't give them any reason to not like you. Mm-hmm. Or Mm -hmm. give them any reason to not think you're good. Because here's Mm -hmm. the deal. You're probably an expert. You're probably a rock star in your profession or in your industry. You probably know the ins and outs of your profession like no other. Don't give them any reason to doubt you is the point. Mm -hmm. Anything that you say and everything that you say needs to point to you being a rock star. It's like that thesis statement (laughs) you had in those English papers you wrote. Every single sentence and every single paragraph needed to directly tie to that thesis statement, that premise that you were arguing, that premise that you were making. And the same thing goes for your presentations. Everything needs to tie to you demonstrating that you're a rock star period and so when you're saying things like i'm so scared i'm so nervous 
I'm, I'm shaking in my boots. None of that directly ties to the thesis statement of I'm a rock star. And here's something else that can make people nervous. Because as you're talking, you can lose your train of thought. I know it happens to me in just average conversation. Here are a couple of things that I want you to think about when you lose your train of thought. Three things. One, find a friendly face. Two, search mm -hmm. for an opening. Three, ask for help. When I say finally friendly, find a friendly face. Just finding somebody who has that pleasing countenance and put you at ease and maybe help you regain your train of thought. Search for an opening. With this one, what I want you to do is keep your notes handy. Keep, keep something handy that can jog your memory. I like using the presenter view when I make presentations and I use a PowerPoint deck so I can glance at my notes in the presenter view or at least glance at the slide. Just the slide up on the screen might be able to help me and jog my memory. And then number three, ask for help. If all else fails, the friendly face, there's no friendly faces, you have no notes, the slide deck or the slide that's up on the screen is, isn't giving you any assistance. The last thing is to just ask for help. Just tell the audience, hey, what was the last thing I just said? Or hey, what's I going with that last point? And I promise you, someone is either taking notes or paying super close attention. Someone is going to help you out. So when you lose that train of thought, don't, don't get tripped up and worried about that either. I know it can, the nerves can take over. It's nothing to worry about. Good, good. Um, I forgot about the friendly face. Never discount the help and the power of a friendly face. And nine <laughs> times out of 10, there is a friendly face. Someone had given me that advice years ago. It is really, really helpful. So if you've never heard that term, start to think about it, start to look for it, because there is almost always that one person that will, that will smile at you, regardless of what you said. That's what you're looking for. You want, you want, you, you want to have done something wrong. You want to go out there and there's that big smile out there. I don't know what it is about some people. They're just nice. They're just friendly or whatever. But in almost every audience, there is a friendly face. So in the beginning, the first five or 10 minutes, try and find your friendly face. Yes. And it helps if before the presentation, you're milling around the room and chatting with people or you're standing at the door as they're coming in and you're welcoming them. Either you're shaking their hand and thanking them for coming to the session or giving them an elbow bump, uh, saying that you really appreciate them coming to the session, but making those connections beforehand. So it makes it easier to find that friendly face. And it's just something about it just puts you at ease. And sometimes it just helps the, the brain to just kind of readjust and, and get back into the groove. All right, Robert, I think we no, not I think I know, we have given them some great strategies and pointers for not worrying about the nerves. Yes, yes. Because um, you don't want to be undone by nerves, they can really get in your way. If you let them overwhelm you. All right. Well, I think that does it. I think that does it. Robert, thank you so, so, so much. Really enjoy our conversations, all things presentation skills. Really appreciate you coming on the show. Thank you very much. This was great. This was fun. Thank you again. Perfect. And to the listeners, thank you for tuning in. I am Bridget McGowan. Until next time, make sure you always own the microphone. Soon after graduating from the University of Connecticut with a degree in marketing, Robert Honorado began an academic career as an adjunct business professor, then moved into academic administration, 
and spent 15 years working as a college administrator in New York State. In time, he returned to the classroom teaching leadership and business courses at Fordham University, where he still teaches today. Robert eventually began a public speaking career by delivering presentations, workshops, and addresses at educational and business conferences. These sessions turned into a full-time career when he was hired as a senior professional educator by a major textbook publisher. Robert held this position for more than seven years before returning to the academic world, where he held positions of dean and director of online education at several institutions. Robert is presently the Director of Education at Lincoln Technical Institute in Connecticut. He has earned an MBA from the University of Connecticut and has authored and contributed to several academic and professional books and publications. 